Hey everybody, Coach here. You know, I got a small confession to make, and that is we are now in my favorite season of all year long. My favorite season is fall. It has been since I was a, uh, a youngster, shall we say? Why do you ask? Well, it's because of three things. Number one, after enduring the, the hot summer temperatures, the days are now cooler, and cooler days kind of invigorate a person, myself included. You know, you're not facing those uh, high 80s, 90s, and 100 degrees every day. It just seems to kind of, after a few months of that kind of uh, temperatures, it just kind of saps one's energy. Do you agree with me on that? Hey, the other reason is fall colors. Fall colors just explode. And many of the places that I call my playgrounds in nature become quieter and more serene and certainly not so monochromatic of just green but yellows and oranges and reds, those, uh, those really excite me. And finally, you know, the fall chores. Fall chores abound and you have the energy to complete them with the cooler temperatures. Yes, indeed, fall chores and prepping the landscape for winter are upon us. For some, it is now. And for others, it will be soon down the road, depending on where you live and what your location is. Hey, join me today as we talk about key areas in the landscape to pay attention to in the next, eh, you know, four to six weeks. Hey, I'm really glad you're here. My name is Matt, you can call me Coach. This channel is all about DIY landscape education, concepts, theories, solutions, and ideas so you can tackle projects yourself in the landscape, be more self-reliant, and all along save a boatload of money in the process. Man, after 20 plus years in this green industry, I bring with me a lot of knowledge and experience that I want to share with you, the modern, educated, self-reliant homeowner of today. You know, as, uh, as the days of fall grow shorter on us and we suddenly notice that one day feeling saying, hey, it's dark outside already and, it, and it's only 7.15. That notion in our brains goes off telling us fall is here. Cooler days, cooler nights, Fall colors, yes, yes, I love fall colors. God, I love this time of year, I really do. Today we discuss those areas of the landscape we should pay attention to before we tuck our landscape in for winter. The proper care of those areas and why we do it. The fall attention given now will result in the explosion of spring in the landscape and will be a lot more noticeable, a lot more vigorous, rather than just doing nothing. So. These areas that require your focus and attention, here's some of the ones that I really paid attention to. Number one was turf lawn. Number two, perennial beds. Three, drainage systems. Four, irrigation. Five, annuals. Six, mulching of beds. Seven would be bulb planting. And lastly, number eight would be pruning. Let's break these down one by one, shall we? Let's talk about turf lawns especially cool season turf lawns, they just, they like get reinvigorated in late September, October, and early November, depending on where you're at. And you know, they have come out of their semi-dormancy of the hot summer season. Those fescues and ryegrass and bluegrass love cooler temps, both in the daytime and the nighttime. It's almost like spring reborn for them. The warmer season grasses thrive as well until it cools off too much. You know, the, the centipedes, bahias, and Bermuda grasses, they spring to life a little bit, and then when winter hits, they go to sleep. 
we've all seen the the Serengeti tan lawns of certain areas of the country and world where those dormant grasses now become just mowed tan carpets. Turf care in the fall surrounds feeding, aeration, and composting. Not necessarily in that order. You know, doing the aeration every other year, like I suggest in my 412 episode on lawn care, check that out if you get a chance, is great in the fall. Those cores can be raked up and discarded, or you can let them sit there on the ground for 24 hours or so, and then run the mower over them and break them all up. Then compost the lawn with a quality, and really emphasize that quality organic compost or peat moss, then finish off with a fall and winter fertilizer. Rake the area, rake that treated area for a nice smooth and even look, and then give it a good watering, a really good watering, and let it set. Let it set and let it be alone for a week or so before you mow again. Actually, you just wanna let that lawn get a little bit taller than usual. You know, the new nutrients from both the organic composting and maybe the synthetic fertilizers that you introduced, you know, once those get into that root zone, the underground growth will start, causing a thickening of the lawn above ground and a reinvigorating of the root system underground. Usually, usually, Within a two-week period, you'll see quite a change. You'll see it just about that fast. This is also a good time to reseed if needed. If you've got bare spots, maybe, you know, doggo has killed part of the lawn, these are great times to get out there and scratch that soil up. Put a little compost down and get some seed going before, before the daytime temps and nighttime temps are too cool for germination. Your lawn will spring to life for a short period and then retire for the winter, all the while revving its engine for that spring push to come. Yep, lawns are one of the, the, larger, the larger tasks on the fall, the fall list of things to be done. Hey, how about perennial beds? Perennial beds, by now, I think I'd be fairly safe in assuming that 90 to 95% of all perennials have done their show for the year by mid-October or so. They're tired. They will require pruning of one style or another, either all the way down to the ground or slightly above, depending on what you have. Perennials respond very well to fall attention and show their appreciation in a delayed fashion next year, that's for sure. Attention to perennial beds would include things like dividing, dividing up, uh, oh, something like goldsturm, rudbeckia, or hosta or daylily, whatever you might have. Weeding those beds and making sure that they're nice and neat and those weeds aren't robbing any further nutrients from the bed. Mulching the beds, fertilizing, gets you miles and miles and months of performance next spring and summer. Boy, you insulate those root zones and you have a little bit of food that they can take in over the next six to eight weeks, then they go to sleep. But in that root system, they've stored up and they will be ready to go when those warmer days of spring in about six months hit us. They will store these nutrients you give now underground in their roots and use them months and months from now. It may not look like you're doing anything at first. It may look like, man, this seems to be a waste of time. I'm not gonna, but it's not. It really isn't. Put them to their winter bed starving and ask them to winter over can cause stressors within plants, which can weaken the plant and in some cases even cause death if it doesn't go into those harsh winter months with some food in its belly. I would suggest if you're mulching the beds, use a good organic compost with at least two inches worth of depth to it. 
and those nutrients and that insulation will really benefit them. They will love you for this and the time involved is somewhat minimal compared to the return on that investment next year. Hey, moving on, let's take a look at drainage systems. If you have in a location that receives only rain or maybe a rain-snow mix for your winters and springs and have an underground drainage system in place, now is the time for attention to that system. I always, when I took care of my own or I took care of others, I always started at the roof line and worked my way down. Make sure that you, if you can, keep up and blow off all the leaves that land on that roof of yours. Blow out and clean out the gutters. Try not to wash a lot of debris down into your system when you're doing this. I always used a dry system with a, a backpack blower or something where I just blew all the leaves off the roof and blew all the gutters out without putting too much down into my drainage system. A good flushing or a professional cleaning, and there are those services out there that do this, is always warranted if the drainage system has been neglected for a bit of time, say like more than a couple of years, and try to put it in your phone or something. Two times a year is generally the recommended maintenance schedule for a good functioning drainage system. The system should flow really easily and no debris or heavy layers of sediments should remain. Now you're ready for the rains. For you out west and in the southwest, in the US, I sure hope those winter rains come to you this year. You guys really need some water in those reservoirs. Hey, and if you can, if resources allow, a more permanent gutter cover system if you have a lot of leaf debris every year, or you're in an agricultural area that always has a lot of dust in the air because of harvest or tilling or whatever. And if you just can't get up on that steep pitch roof, it's always good to have a good, sturdy, safe, tall ladder where you can take care of things properly. Prepping this system now will prevent giant headaches when the heavens open up and clogs or neglectful failure occurs. Avoid the flooding and ponding and make sure all is in good working order. Then sit back in front of the fire, relax with a good, dose of self-reliant confidence. Let me tell you, when you can hear that rain pounding on the roof, you should never have to ask yourself, man, should I have? The rest is history. Okay, guys, hey, let's move on. Irrigation. For many, the days ahead require attention to weather temps. Pay attention to the weather and the temps out there and how it applies to your irrigation system. Those in the colder regions, it will be time to winterize really soon. Winterizing that irrigation system is paramount so you don't incur costly damage over the winter. Clearing all water from the lines is paramount to avoiding that costly, costly mistake of frozen and broken pipes. This is done with blowing air through the lines downstream from the main starting point, then opening up each zone and allowing all water to evacuate till nothing but a fine mist remains. You can learn to do it yourself Hey, I've seen a lot of channels on YouTube, or you can have a professional service come in to do it. But remember to do it, very important. Remember to turn off those timers eventually as well. For those in non-freezing areas, it is time to reset how many on days that you are actually watering and lower your watering times for each one of those zones. Depending on how advanced your system is, make sure your rain sensor is in good order. Your timer is properly set when the time change occurs and put a note in your phone as a reminder to really dial down the watering minutes as these temps cool and days shorten. 
the lawn just can't absorb that much water as it starts to go to sleep. It just can't. It's, it's like being full and not wanting any more to eat or drink. Nothing more embarrassing will happen to you than watering during a rainstorm, in a drought, on the wrong day, during an exceptional drought out west right now. Yeah, let me tell you, yikes. Like the old town I lived in, the water police will descend upon you, I guarantee it. So, make sure that your sensor is in good order, your timer is set to the proper days, maybe go down to maybe two days a week if your temperatures really cool off, and turn it off altogether if you have rain coming in. Okay, moving on. Hey, let's talk about annuals. Some of my favorite subject, because I love what they do for a landscape, especially as filler plants. Hey, if your location allows, time to switch out the struggling and dying summer colors and replace them with vivid fall and winter color. Brighten the place up and leave room for holiday color. Refresh the beds with compost and a little fertilizer. And remember the color annuals like viola and pansy, calendula, primula and primrose, just to name a few. Hey, and with the holidays around the corner, it's always nice, you know, to have Christmas color like cyclamen and the reds and whites. And of course, poinsettias. Poinsettias around the front door and indoors as well. Okay, let's look at another one. A very important one to various parts of the country, but overall it's, it's important in general. And that's mulching. This is a great way to smother any weed seed that might have collected over the summer and fall. Insulate root systems so that they can stand up to the harsh winters. And slow release provides some organic new nutrients in the root zone through the fall and winter months ahead. It will make the beds and the whole landscape look fresh and revitalized. Hey, if you can, remember to order in bulk. Either pick it up with equipment that you have or have it delivered. And you can really save a lot of money that way. But bags are available as well, especially if your yard and bed sizes are on the smaller side. Make sure your mulch is a good quality mulch and not laden with crap from Oh, I don't know, some of the, the recycled dumps that are doing this kind of stuff now. Sometimes, believe it or not, the, the crappy mulch that's out there, I've actually found hypodermic needles in some of that stuff. So make sure you got good quality organic mulch. Don't skimp on quality there. Hey, moving on. Bulb planting. Ha! Used to be one of my favorite, my favorite tasks in the fall. Available now at almost all nurseries and garden centers is the fall bulb collections. It is time to get them in the ground over the next few weeks. Prep those beds for planting and remember your planting depth charts and your bulb food. You might get distracted through the holidays and then one day, after the first of the year, they really kind of just surprise you one day by poking their heads through the snow or the mulch or in between your winter color. They're really a great way to usher in the first part of the year and beyond all the way into spring. And you get a bounce of late winter color from like early daffodils and paper white narcissus in the same process. They're really kind of fun. So remember ones like daffodils, tulips, crocus, anemones, just to name a few. Pay attention to bloom times. Try to plant some early ones and some mid ones and some late ones. That way you really extend out that season quite a ways. All right, guys, lastly, pruning. Pruning in the fall is kind of a tricky one. Your goal should be to clean up and manicure without encouraging a lot of new growth. And how do we do that? 
too much new growth, and then a sudden cold snap can really wreak havoc on plants and cause burning and stress. In the fall, I used to always just do nip and tucks. Nip and tuck for shape. I didn't shear, I didn't butcher. You know, it was basically cosmetic pruning and to give it some structure and strength and leave any of the major pruning to late winter or early spring. Fruit trees and berries usually do better with a late winter pruning anyway. Hey, there are many channels out there show you step by step on how to accomplish this task, depending on what plant material you need to sculpt and get ready for winter. Think more cosmetic at this point and not a total resizing of shrubs and trees. This is not the time. These fall garden chores can really add beauty. Great returns on investment next year and a feeling of confidence that your landscape is ready to take that winter nappy for a few months. Hey, oh, one last thing I almost forgot. Lighting. Make sure your photo cell or your timer is correctly set for the changing nighttime hours ahead. You don't want to have it set for June. All of a sudden it's November and you're burning bulb life for like crazy. Hey guys, I will see you guys next week as always. Appreciate you sticking to this part of it. Hey, do me a favor, drop a comment, email me with any questions you have, and make sure you check out the YouTube channel this week where I cover this in a little more depth and obviously a little more visualization. Check out the website if you would, if you'd like to support us just a little bit. The DIY checklist is there, plus a very reasonably priced landscaping simplified ebook. And if you're really a noob and you want to learn everything there is to know about it, check out the Homescape 1.0 digital course. As always, to your landscape success, thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Yard Coach podcast. Don't forget to head over to the website at youryardcoach.com where you will find more DIY landscape education, including the free 15-step DIY landscape checklist, Coach Matt's ebook called Landscaping Simplified, and the flagship digital course, Homescape 1.0. As always, if you have any questions or comments, you can email Coach Matt directly at youryardcoach at gmail.com. We'll see you right here next week.